Exodus chapter 32, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 6. And, and again, if you don't mind, if you're physically able to, in reverence unto the Lord, if we can stand to our feet. <clears throat> and let's read here, beginning with verse 1. Verse 1. The Bible says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us God. Who will go before us? As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, take off the rings of gold and that are in the ears of your wives and your sons and your daughters and bring them to me. Verse 3. So all the people took off the rings of gold that were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold earrings... And then he began to fashion it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. <clears throat> when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early. And the next day, and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offering. And the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. Let's pray. Father, in your name, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying and I'm asking God that you will speak to our hearts here this morning, Father. <clears throat> Let your word be clear. Let it be profound. Let it be convicting as you see fit, Father. Let it be enlightening and let it be encouraging. And Father, we thank you and we're careful to give you all the honor and all the glory and all of God's people stay together. Amen. You can be seated. This morning, I want to simply talk to you about your heart in idol factory. If we're not careful, if you and I are not guarding our hearts carefully, it has the potential of producing idols, idols within our heart. Now, when we begin to look at the story of Exodus, in fact, the entire book of Exodus is a wonderful, beautiful, profound story of the people's captivity and yet the deliverance that God had for them. But it was more so, much more beautiful because of God's love for his people. Because how many here know God loves you and he cares about you? He is merciful and gracious towards every single one of you. So throughout the entire story of the book of Exodus, we may have seen failure, falter. We may have seen some shortcomings. We may have seen people that have drifted away from God within the context of the story of Exodus. But yet, as much as God needed to judge his people, he sure did love his people. And just like he loves us. But the problem was, look at somebody say the problem was, is that they took idols into their hearts. And this morning I want to ask, and for those of you that are watching online, are we taking idols into our hearts? Now you might say, Pastor, I don't have a problem with idols. I don't have a problem with pornography, so that's not my idol. I don't worship my car anymore, that's not my idol. In fact, people may not be, because how many of you know if you're not careful, people can become 
your idol. Money may not be your idol. But you see, folks, this morning here, idols are not just things, products, people, or possessions. Sometimes your idol might be the God of your preference. And while it may not be money, it may not be things and possessions, your idol is simply preference. Is who you prefer God to be whenever you want him to be what you want him to be. Some days you may want God to be a God where, man, you wake up with the victory. And I want, I want God, I want you to be a God of joy today. The next day, God, I want you to be a God of purpose today. Uh, the next day, God, I, want you, I need you to be a God of blessing today. Or, you know what, God, I just want to be left alone today. Because we're no longer serving him led by conviction, but more by convenience. And sometimes our conveniences put us in a position where we prefer things over what God has already purposed within our lives. Because how many here believe there is a purpose for each and every individual that is in the house here today? The devil knows it, demonic spirits know it, and they know exactly how to get you hung up and tripped up over what God wants to do. Because we are people. And as people, we go through some serious mind trips. Or am I the only one who's tripping every now and then? Do we have anybody in the house who's vulnerable enough to say, I do go through mind trips? Anybody, raise your hand. And it's on this trip that you and I are taking that we've got to make a conscious decision. Not before people, not before man, not before your family, but before God himself. Will I serve the God of purpose or will I serve the God of preference? Y'all with me here today? Follow with me. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up now. Come on, dipieltate, dipieltate, nene. Your heart is so vulnerable. Let's go over the text again, if we will. Look at verse 1. The Bible says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who will go before us. <clears throat> As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. You see, the thing about us as people is that we just don't do well when we feel that God is delaying. We really don't. And some of us do not like it when God delays. So therefore, our preference is now. Right here, right now. Now, I want you to get this as, as we examine uh, the text just a little closely. Moses was just up in the mountain. The Bible says that there was a burning fire that it looked like it was consuming the mountain, but it was really the glory of God. Moses was up there in the Shekinah glory of God getting a word from God. And Moses was going to make his way down from the mountain to bring God's promise, God's word, God's vision, God's 
goes. How many of you know that if we're going to build God's kingdom, we want it God's way, not our way. We want it the Bible way. We want a God that will not only lead us and guide us, but give us every single necessary direction that we need that comes from the inspiration of the Word of God, uh, not by the inspiration of this American culture that you and I are surrounded by. We don't want to do American Christianity. We want to do God, Jesus-driven Christianity. That's the kind of Christianity that we want. It has purpose. It has power. It has anointing. It has word. It has a vision. It has God all over us convicting us and bringing us to places that we need to be in. They might be uncomfortable, but there are places God has got to bring you through. And in order for that to happen, somebody said there's a process. And the thing about a process is that there's a waiting time. And the reason why is because God is up to something. Remnant Whittier, do you believe that God is up to something within our midst, within your marriages, within your families, within this congregation? My God, your God, he is up to something. And while God may be silent, and while your season might be a bit dry, and while you may feel that not much is going on, I want you to know that if you wait on God, press before God, pray before God, the Shekinah glory of God, it's about to come down upon every individual that will have faith and trust in the Lord. But here, get this, get this. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, get this, get this. They could see. The glory of God. So it's not like they couldn't see it. The Bible says that the glory of God seemed like a consuming fire up on the mountain. They knew that's exactly what Moses was doing. And it's just like us. We know God is in our midst. But every now and then, somos cabezones. We're hard-headed every now and then. And, and, And we know God's in our midst. He's up to something. But we become impatient, and the Israelites became impatient. And they went to Aaron, and Aaron says, okay, take off all your gold rings off your ears, wives and daughters, and let's go ahead and let's begin to fashion and make a golden calf, which was a God of their preference. They come from, and for those of you who are watching online, I want you to listen to this. They come from Egyptian slavery. They were accustomed to the traditions and the ways of Egypt. And Egypt made often certain gods that were formed like animals, and one of them was the god bull. And this is why they formed what they were accustomed to. If you're not careful, you can be a believer here in Christ, but every now and then you seem to draw to what you're accustomed to. You might be in the house, but you're going back to your old ways again. Now, notice what happened is that they took what God blessed them with. Because when they left Egypt, the Bible is clear that they left blessed. That what God did is God gave them gold, silver, linen, cloth, clothing, everything. But it was all meant to build the promised land. Because when they went to the city of Jericho, the city of Jericho was the first city that God wanted. And God says, everything that's in that land belongs to me. That's why the tenth belongs unto the Lord. The rest of the cities are yours, 
But the first one, somebody say the first one. The first belongs to me. So here, they're, they're, in essence, they take what God blessed them with and they fashion this golden calf and they start to worship it. So in essence, they are worshiping the blessing that came from God. And sometimes if we're not careful, we take all that God has given us and every blessing he's provided us to start to shape and mold a Christianity that's more led by your convenience and no longer by conviction. And that's what we see here with the Israelites. But more than that is that they were just so impatient to the fact that they're now shaping a God that allows them to live for God at their time, at their choosing, their liking. Because look at what he says. It's, it's, it's absurd what Aaron says. Aaron says, all right, here go your gods, which is the golden calf. And he builds an altar. Then he says, but tomorrow we shall declare a feast unto the Lord. So now they switch. Okay? But then the next day, we're going to get up and play, meaning they're going to have all kinds of sexual orgies and parties. So like many Christians, one day they're with God, and then the next day they're out there shaking their booty somewhere. Can we tell it like it is? And it's only when they feel some form of guilt and condemnation that they're drawn to God. But somewhere along the line, that guilt and condemnation only goes for so long. Because there's a comforting and soothing that comes from coming to church, hearing from God, and then going right back out to doing what you used to do again. My question is, what decision are you finally going to make? Is he going to be a God of purpose or is he going to be a God of preference? Y'all with me? All right, I got about a few more minutes left. Y'all, I, I need you to stay connected. I need you to stay connected here with me. So what I want to do here is I want to give you what God may be for you because I know there's, there's people that look at God a, at a certain way. So, so for some people, he might be, number one, I want you to write this down. He might be a promise-giving God. That's all he is. He's just a promise-giving God. You see, they don't want a conditional giving God. They want only a promise-giving God. It's like Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all things shall be added unto you. That scripture is problematic to some people. They don't want to seek ye the kingdom of God first. They want all the blessings will be added unto you. That's where they smile. I like this. This is an awesome verse. But we skip out, <clears throat> seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, here's what I need you to understand about seeking. Say that word with me, seek. Now, the word seek means to pursue. Now, there are parables within the Bible that begin to tell you and help us understand what other scriptures really mean. When Jesus began to tell parables, he really profoundly explained to you and I what your mission ought to be as you're here, alive, with a heart that breathes and, and beats and, 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 and you still got life with you. Your, most of your time here on earth is to seek and to pursue God like nothing else. 
When he tells the story of the parable of the widow, widow looking for that lost coin, the Bible says that she sweeps the house first. What is she doing? She is pursuing by getting everything and anything that is in the way that will keep her from finally finding that one coin. My question is, are you simply just kind of going through the motions or are you sweeping away every single hindrance that's keeping you from serving a God of purpose rather than a God of preference? Because how many here know pursuing takes you and I being intentional? But the problem is, somebody say the problem is, is that in the kingdom of God, unfortunately, we've got too many brats that are too lazy to be intentional in the kingdom of God. They remind me of my kids when they were young. Didn't want to clean their filthy house. Any young kids in the house here, any teenagers that are not wanting to clean up their room, this is a perfect chance for mommies and daddies to say, Amen. It's easier. To have a pile of nasty, dirty clothes on the corner over here. And it's preferred to have cereal bowls from 2021 <laughs> and glasses and cups over in this corner over here. And it's a whole lot easier to have the TV stack, not just the game console, but every other game and anything else that you have that you put, it's just easier. Dresser drawers, it's so much easier. Throw it in the drawers. <laughs> or when you have some kind of a hoarding room, throw it in the room. It's just so much easier. It's preferred. And believe it or not, sometimes that's how Christianity is for people. It's so much easier not to deal with it right now. Just throw it in that corner over there. Put it in that room over there. Because in order for you to pursue God like never before, is you're going to have to deal with all of the hindrances that are in front of you. The Israelites had to deal with one main hindrance, and that was waiting on the Lord. They couldn't deal with that. So it was easier for them to create a God of preference. Sometimes you never solve your issues, your personal issues, your relational issues, because you have a preference as to how you want it to be. Sometimes you prefer for them to come and ask you forgiveness first. That's your preference. You prefer to remain a victim and to be vindicated because that's your preference. You prefer for others to be exposed. And all the God of preference does is that it keeps you from pursuing God's purpose. The Bible says that this widow, she swept everything, swept and swept, got, got everything cleaned out, and then until she found the lost coin. Oh, God's a, God's a God of promise, but he's also a God of condition. The second thing is that some people only want God to be a word-giving God. You ever met people like that? I need a word from God. Ah, oh, I need a word from God. You know what I'm saying? They, they're not, they don't want to do anything. They don't want to be used. They want to be known, but they don't want to be used. You know what I mean? They want to be a part of something, but not really invest. And they want a word from God. 
Sometimes they don't show up as often. And if, they, and if ever they do show up, they only showed up because they want a word from God. And, and as long as they get the preferred word, then they're going to be okay. Sometimes this is what causes people to go from church to church. Because the preferred word, not there yet. Because they're getting something they quite don't like. They don't like what they're hearing. Sometimes they'll present a, a scenario. They'll call a pastor up and say, here's what I'm going through, whatever. They hear an answer. That's not preferred. I don't like that. So they'll hang up the phone, call somebody else. And, and that's not preferred neither. They'll go to a church and they'll say things like, I don't feel God in here. No, you don't feel God in here. What it is is this is not a church of preference. It is a church of purpose. Fulfilling God's purposes. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 7. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 7. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel who separates himself from me, taking idols into his heart and putting the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face, and yet comes to a prophet to consult me through him, I, the Lord, will answer him myself. Now, what is this Bible scripture saying? I'm going to summarize it for you. Yo, where's the prophet at? He's in the wilderness getting a hold of God. All right, I'll go find another prophet. Hey, where's the prophet at? There's one here. Hey, I need a word from God. And if it was the right word, then they went. If it wasn't, they rejected it. That's where they would reject God's word. And you know what the Lord says? Stop looking for my prophets. I, the Lord, will speak to you. I, the Lord, will come before you. But, but, but then he says, but the reason why you can't hear me is because you've taken idols into your heart. And these idols in your heart are becoming your hindrance. So folks, listen to me. And for those of you that are watching online, is it possible that you haven't reached your breakthrough? Is it possible that you haven't reached an area of total transformation? Is because all of these preferred gods are constantly keeping you from hearing the one true God. Because if you want to hear from God, I'll guarantee you, you'll hear from God. How many of you know that God still speaks? And how many of you know when God speaks, he speaks truth? His word is alive. His word is purposeful. His word is not only truth, but it is healing. His word is revealing. But it's up to you whether or not you'll come to a point and say, I'm done with producing all of these different idols in my heart. See, as I wind this down, you know what you need? You need a life giving God. Stop looking for the promise, the preferred promise giving God. Stop looking for the preferred word giving God and start looking for a life living God. He has a plan laid out for you. What will you do? In closing, I want to give you a quick growth plan. Can I, get, can I do that real quickly? I want you to get your pens, papers, whatever, whatever you've got to do. I want to give you a growth plan that's going to help you deal with your God of preferences. Number one, I want you to write down every preference that hinders your devotion to God. Okay? 
every preference, every preference. All right, I'll give you an example, okay? Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV, Peacock. That's a preference for us a lot of times, right? And sometimes when we go home and we're tired and we're discouraged, you prefer to sit down, put on some good old Netflix, watch your favorite TV show. And you say to yourself, I'm just going to watch one show. That's it, one show. It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm just going to watch one show. That show brought you in. You look at your spouse. Let's watch one more. One more. Just one more. Oh, my God. And you go to the next one. Then the third one comes. Oh, my God. i got to find out what's going to happen. And you go to the next one. And before you know it, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. you got to get your butt up at 6 to get to work. But you stood up to watch Netflix. But yet, we can't get a hold of God early in the morning. So take that preference and replace it with a devotion. All right, instead of me tonight watching Netflix, I'm going to do a devotion. Decide to read the Bible. Trust me, you'll fall asleep faster. Amen? Amen? And it's actually healthier, okay? You replace that with a spiritual discipline. And then number three, this is very important, reinforce your connections with the body of Christ. Sometimes we are, sometimes we only prefer for the pastor to rebuke me. If the pastor didn't tell me this, I'm still going to do it. That's where we become spiritual brats, right? You know, come on, be honest. Look at somebody and say, you can be a brat every now and then. You can be a brat every Tell them I'm a brat too every now and then. And we prefer, let the pastor come and tell me. You know, I didn't hear that from the pastor. But when you have a connection with the body of Christ, you'll find out how you can keep each other accountable in a loving and healthy way. Let's give God the glory and the praise. Come on, worship. Come on, worship. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lamb of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Every head bowed and every eye closed here in reverence on the Lord. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to make this quickly. If God spoke to you and God laid anything upon you, maybe you're here, you're not saved. And you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right with God. And I want to make it right. If that's you, raise your hand and put your hand down all over this place. Amen. There goes one hand. Praise the Lord. Is there anybody else? You say, that's me, Pastor. Come on, raise your hand. And then put your hand down all over this place. God is speaking to you. Okay, very quickly here. With every head bowed and every eye closed, for those of you that raised your hand, do me a kind favor. Step out of your seat and come to the front here. Give me the honor and privilege of shaking your hand, and we want to pray with you. Whoever it was, step out of your seat. Just come here to the front. And someone will meet with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. As I change the order of the service, for those that God spoke to, he laid something on your heart that you need to deal with. The altars are open right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. You come.